I think I'm not sure if I can get the YouTube comments though, because for the Patreon live streams, the tier I'm in doesn't get access to those links. Hmm. Okay. Oh, that's right. This shit is on. Well, I could just text you the fucking thing. That's true. I think we're live right now, by the way. Awesome. Oh. Okay. What's cracking? What's cracking? This is going to be messy. This is our first. Uh, this is our first Q and Assault Saturday of the off season. Noah's back in my fucking dojo. It's been a while <laughs> since we've uh, since we've got on a pod together. You guys I, have, I graduated from the bandana to the headband to the hat to glasses. It's wild now. You've lived many lifetimes since the last time we got we got on together. It's been a pleasure to watch you uh, grow from a little girl into a little boy. <laughs> to a slightly bigger girl, yeah. <laughs> All right. So basically every Saturday as we did through the regular season, we're going to come on here and you're going to assault us with questions and uh, anything that's related to you know, probably your dynasty team at this point in the season, trades, uh, rookie picks, rookie profiles. No, how deep are you into into rookie profiles? Uh, I think I got my eighth one done today. I've been doing like the lower end guys because I feel like the higher end guys are so boring and easy to get through because they're actually fun to watch. So I've just been doing like Anthony Schwartz and those bums. I'm like, oh, he caught one deep pass. That was cool. Now, do I you do do you look at every player or do you only look at the players that you check off on the dynasty guide list? Right now, I've just been looking at those, but I've looked at most of the top end guys as well, and that's kind of how I decide who I want to look into more. Or if I see like a thread on Twitter and I want to disprove something, I'll look into them as well. <laughs> Even if you agree with it, we're just gonna find some fucking <laughs> facts that don't. Yeah, I'm actually. And I love Diamond uh, Brown, but I want to kill him at the same time. I'm I'm way more into the rookie prospects than I thought I would be. What's up, Sam? Um, I'm way more into the rookie prospect. Oh, there we go. We could pop it on. Do you see that? No. Yes, yeah, Sam Van Clev. That's good. All right. We're just going to pop. That's literally the only comment we have right now. So we're going to keep that going. Um, we might have to open this up to the whole discord to get some, to get some fucking juices flowing. Yeah. I, I'm actually way more into the to rookies than I thought I would be. I'm, I've looked at basically everyone on the list. I think I'm like 30 to 35 deep. I haven't touched any quarterbacks or tight ends, but I'm, kind, I'm like, I'm ready to fucking fire off. I'm ready for Ramondre Stevenson to take over the world. <laughs> Everybody hates him because he's slow, but we know he's slow and he was good while being slow. So I don't really care too much about that. We'll see. Well, I mean, we'll see how slow he really is. I, I saw at a high school he ran a four six four, but that was also like five or six years ago. So it's very possible he just got like fatter and slower. But yeah, it's also possible go freshman fifty. Yeah, if he if he fucking runs up like a four five eight, I'd be pretty happy with that. I think anything below like a four six five, anything like below what James Conner, Kareem Hunt ran, he's got a pretty similar skill set. He can catch passes. He's pretty elusive. I haven't looked into like the elusiveness numbers, but watching him on the goal line. He always seems to score, so I like that part of his game as well. But I mean, if he runs four seven four eight, Elijah Holyfield, welcome to the dungeon. Be out. Yeah, he. Uh, I was looking at his broken tackle rate on on Sports Info Solution. It's really fucking high. It's almost thirty percent. He was like number six or something in the country, like right behind Najee Harris, or m- might have actually been above him. That's why I'm like, people are like, oh, he's, he's like not elusive. He's a slug. I'm like, I mean, the numbers tell you that he's he's making some fucking moves on the field. Yeah, like what's the difference between him and Javante Williams? I feel like Javante Williams is more of a Zach Moss type than a Ramondre Stevenson because we've seen like that exact build, that exact uh, skill set. We haven't seen a guy like Ramondre since your boy Eddie Lacy, and he did pretty well for a few seasons. So got to pump him up a little bit. It's such a biased piece of analysis. Like I want him to be the next <laughs> Eddie Lacy so bad that I'm just going to keep saying he's Eddie Lacy. I love that comp though. I was so pumped when I saw that. My original comp was Carlos Hyde. I'm like, you know who else is 250 pounds? Eddie Lacy. So we're going to throw that stamp on him instead. I feel like Carlos Hyde's like really not even that heavy. I feel like he's like low-key like 219 or something. <laughs> he's like he's like two pounds heavier than Alvin Kamara. He's just like kind of fat. <laughs> I actually looked at like his sports reference. It said he was 246. And I don't know how the hell they weighed him Carlos in. Carlos Hyde? Heavy. 
Yeah, it was ridiculous. Like six foot two forty six. That's there's that's no way that's right. I'm gonna look that up again. I'm almost positive said that, but then again, Stevenson was like two fifty and he actually weighed in at two twenty six or two twenty seven. We'll see. Um I, I don't really even know what what the deal is gonna be with these pro days. I saw um someone tweeted out that that place that maybe Exos or something, that place that all of these prospects are working out at are gonna basically hold an NFL combine without teams allowed to like go see them play, which is I think kind of cool. Like at least we get a little bit of the the normal numbers where everyone's kind of doing the same thing at the same time and we can get um, some kind of like relevancy behind what everything's doing. But like the pro days, I don't know, like one, we need to find a good uh, website that has like the schedule for us. So we know like when the pro days are going to be. And I feel like half of these fucking prospects are just not going to run like the 40 at their pro day or just drop out of a bunch of shit. And we're just going to have like a whole, this whole, uh, oh, Mike's not here. We're going to have, uh, I got friends outside yelling at me and shit. Um, uh, I don't know what I was saying, but I think uh, all the prospects are just going to have like a huge blind spot. With everybody. Yeah, the pro days are always so scattered in some colleges. I don't think Clemson has one scheduled in Alabama. I'm not sure if they do as well. So I feel like there's gonna be a whole lot of recency bias too. Like if Stevenson runs a four seven or four six today, and then like two months down the line, somebody else runs faster, you're just gonna move them up your rankings ahead of him as well. So it's gonna be a shit show. But are those gonna be laser timed or that's something else? I have no fucking idea. I don't know how pro days work. I just assume like pro days are f- so fraudulent. It's like I mean the schools are running it themselves, so obviously they want the numbers to look a little bit better, you know? Yeah. I don't know if that's actually like a real thing. All right. Mike's in the guest room. Hold on. Let me uh, throw him in here somehow. Let's see. We're going to put that down. We are going to throw Mike in here. Guests in the green room. Are there still comments rolling in? Because I've only ever seen Sam say something. Michael. uh, I don't know. Actually, we might have like four people in here. Five people in here. I guess. Including us. It's just us and Sam. (laughs) We are everybody in here. Michael. Yo. Yo, what up? How about we show some fucking enthusiasm? <laughs> I just woke up, son. Bro, like show some commitment to being alive. Just uh, I just, I move over to your to move over alive. to your right a little bit. To my right? Yeah, to your there you go. Can you see how the thing is set up? Yeah, there I'm looking. Hold on a sec. Okay. We're gonna open this. I don't know actually how to open this up like mid video. We're gonna open it up to the public, maybe. There might be like a link to share and you can just drop that in the general. Oh, that's true. It's unlisted. Yeah, fuck it. We're just going to let everybody run in here. Any any of you guys have any questions well, before we open it up? The, the six people that are in here chilling? Besides Sam. Sam Van Cleef, huge power name. <laughs> Mike, you take your dog for a walk? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Is it nice? What's the weather like over there in San Fran? Shitty. It's like, I don't know. It's like, it started, I think it rained. It's been like raining a lot. So it's just like in the morning when you wake up, it's all groggy and shit. Oh, that stinks, Mike. Yeah, it's only 15 degrees here. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking brutal. All right. How long were you in Canada? Your whole life, Mike? Until like recently? Uh, Yeah, until like, I think like five years ago, probably. No, actually, I mean, I was in China for six years. So I was fucking born there. So not my whole life, I guess. I didn't know you so were in China for six years. Weather. Yeah, I was born there. I never would have hired you if that was the case. <laughs> Too late, man. I'm a I'm a spy. I know you you've already taken over big dogs. It's fucked up. Con- communism. I'm having so much trouble posting this fucking link right now. Hold on. Did what people come in? Sam's watching anyways. <clears throat> here we go. We got seven. We got a comment from Sam. At all concern oh, here we go. Uh shit. We're moving too fast now for my own good. All right. Sam asks uh at all concerned about labrum surgery for T Law. <laughs> I don't think so. No, oh, his uh, other, it's other, it's the other surgery, like the other side, the other shoulder, right? Yeah, 
And also, Dr. Jesse Morse, the god, the god himself, said it was not a concern. Dr. Morse, yeah, I'm not a doctor. I'll just defer to him. And I think he's a good enough prospect that if he did fuck up his shoulder, I'd still take him one on one. What's I feel like the timeline on that is probably like three to six months. I don't think it's a concern for anybody. Yeah, I think they said five to six. They said five to six months, but he'll be ready for the for the thing. So it doesn't matter. It'll be fine. All right. We got uh, from Nate, Nate Dog. Mock week ADP going to be released as part of the draft guide, or can we check it out on Discord? Uh, so the original mock week ADP is going to be released to everybody in Discord, probably out to the public, to be honest. I think I'm, we're going to put it out at least for the first month, maybe the first two months. We'll release it to everybody, kind of um, build up some momentum for it. And then the, on the first of each month, we'll probably roll out new ADPs. And that that might be available to just people in Discord or just Patreons or just a draft guide or something. But the first couple releases of it will definitely be um, available for everybody. I think we're about 50 deep, right? And then 10 or so rookie drafts. Yeah, I want to get that rookie draft. The, the the problem with the rookie draft numbers, like most people don't know most of the rookies right now. So it's like if, if you or me or Mike kind of, you know, talks about a guy throughout one of the videos this other week, like uh, like I'm going to talk about Elijah Mitchell in this upcoming Tuesday video, and then he's going to end up being like a late second, early third round pick in our rookie draft. Our ADP is going to be wildly skewed for rookie drafts. Yeah, I ignorantly put Anthony Schwartz as my wide receiver four as a joke, and now he's like a third round pick. I love this that. guy doesn't even really play football and I was getting picked. So I'm not going to lie. Like I had like the 412 in one of the rookie mock drafts and like I didn't really know a few of the players left. So uh, I had just seen you fucking around and throwing Anthony Schwartz out there. So I was like, let's, you know, if he's good enough for no. He's, he's probably not good enough for me, but I'm going to take him anyways. <laughs> Whenever we're lockstep on a player, it seems like they always bust. So that's a good thing. Just fade those guys and you'll be pretty good going forward. Would you trade Anthony the one is like a. It's like a poor man's. I mean, not even a poor man's. It's pretty similar to like a KJ Hamler, actually. Yeah, I don't know like what fat. kind of value those players actually have in fantasy, though. They rarely ever not like much. hit your lineup. They're always so exciting, and you're like, oh, they can make the big play, but like you're <clears> never <throat> going to fucking draft them, or you're never going to play them. Yeah. Would you trade yeah, the 104 and 105 for Trevor Lawrence? Uh, yes, depends I, on the team. I probably I guess, would. That's how much it costs. I would, yeah. Assuming it's a super flex, yeah. I don't. I, I think it's a fair trade. Uh, why do y'all, why do y'all, Dwami Brown is slept on? So I'm assuming he means why do y'all yeah, think Dwami Brown is slept on? Mike has had him the highest I've seen, which I could definitely see. Thoughts on how we can translate to the NFL, how well he can translate to the NFL. Not a surprise that his first name is also Noah here. <laughs> well, Mike, why don't you take that away? Um, uh, look, I think, you know, he doesn't, I mean, he doesn't play for, like a big program right unless you're unless you're in the Debbie scene really and you're like super into like sam howell and you've been following this like north carolina team going back to last year like this is not a game that like people watch a lot so you know that's that's like one big reason um and then also like he's i guess he's a little bit on the smaller side but for me like i think he's like from an analytical perspective if you attack the draft from an analytical lens deami brown will just jump off the page like he'll he'll be like one of the top prospects and that's like kind of where i have him i have him like top five i think um, but yeah, I'm like most people just don't watch North Carolina five. games, man. Most people just don't watch North Carolina games, man. To be honest. Well, why is everyone so high on Javante and Michael Carter then? Riddle me that. I don't know. I mean, running backs, I guess. Yeah, I just think that he's not anything. Just watching him play, anything too special. I think he's my wide receiver, eleven or twelve. He just doesn't jump off the tape to me. I guess it's like kind of a fucking nerdy way to say it. But looking into the numbers as well, like he doesn't break a bunch of tackles. A lot of his receptions come from the deep game, and he is super fast, but. Also looking into his drop numbers and stuff like that, just on tape, he doesn't seem to be a guy who goes up and like attacks the ball. 
And I think I drew Honestly, my comp to him. He's a he's a pussy. A little bit. That's not every I'm, contested. I'm kid, he makes like play. great plays down the field, like really eye popping plays down the field. A lot of the plays that are like in between ten yards, if it's a contested catch, he's getting fucking bullied. Yeah, I think his ceiling as far right. as a comp can go is maybe a John Brown. And even John Brown, he's had a few good seasons here or there, and he's a good player. And most of it's due to the sickle cell that held him out a while. But I just don't see a world where I'm taking him ahead of more of dynamic players like even Amari Rogers, who doesn't have the analytical profile, but can do a lot more with the ball in his hands. I think if it's draft capital, he's going to be used in a more versatile role than a Diami Brown, who you kind of have to rely on the deep game. It feels a lot like uh, T. Higgins take two, but I'll take it. <laughs> you love fun. to hear it. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's still a pussy. He just put up good stuff. <laughs> uh, Gordon Bros travel thoughts on year two James Robinson. He, here's what I'll say: like, I actually look at this situation very much from um, from like a business owner's perspective. If you're running the Jaguars, you have a certain number of roles to fill in your organization. You hired someone out of community college that is performing like a Harvard college graduate. Why are you so eager to hire someone else that's more expensive for it? Like these owners, that's the way they look at these teams. There's no reason to, you know, get that off your off your plate and have to reinvent the running back position when James Robinson was amazing last year. Is there a chance that they they grab a free agent or like a, a day three running back? Like obviously, of course, that might happen and James Robinson's not gonna get ninety eight percent of touches, but he can still very, very, very much be like a high end RB two for the next few years. Yeah, I think people are too black and white on this one because there's a, there's a range of outcomes here, right? There's there's a range where they don't draft anybody anybody meaningful, and James Robinson retains like a ninety percent opportunity share. Is that likely? Probably not. There's also people on the other side of like, hey, they're going to draft Najee Harris in the first round and make him completely irrelevant. That's, That's also so very stupid. unlikely. Yeah. That's like also the two very most unlikely. Unlikely outcomes are are them going really really. Uh, draft heavy with capital on a running back or them signing a big running back to free agency and then them not doing anything. It's going to settle somewhere in the yeah. middle and be good for James Robinson. Yeah. And yeah. like, I've you know, if they sign someone. That, oh, they're changing up like the coaching staff and all this. They're not committed to James Robinson. But then everybody wants to be in on DJ Chark and LaVisca Chanel, whereas James Robinson's highs have been higher than those other guys' highs. And they just assume that he's the one to be replaced because he's at a replaceable position. So uh, I'm a little bit higher in consensus than most because I do think he's talented. And even if he gets like a 60 to 70% snap share, he's a guy who can catch passes and dominant goal line work on an up and coming offense. Yeah. If you're in a rebuild, trade him. If you're not and you're a contender, then you should grab him. That's pretty yeah. much. He's, he's got like, he's got like an, uh, a two to three year window where he can be productive for your fantasy team. I think like anything after that, you're, you're uh you're hoping for something that's probably not there. What up, top dog? Cali dog in the house, of course. His first comment is Noah. What the fuck? Notorious was good. <laughs> Delusional Patriots fan, Mr. Jared Hall. What's up, sexy Pats? All right, let's get some uh, questions. Thoughts on Kyle Pitts? I feel like he's a good pick because of the limited amount of tight ends. Uh, Noah, I've, I've seen you gotten pretty high on Kyle Pitts. I'm I'm still kind of staying steady with the notion that I'd I'd rather invest in uh other positions in the first round of a rookie draft. I, I mean, I'm not, no one, no one's going to tell you anything hot takey here about his fucking talent. I just, in terms of strategy and, and tight ends and dynasty, like I, I'm just not going to invest first round where you have to get him. Yeah. For me, the whole point is a lot of people on Twitter have been saying, Oh, he's the best tight end prospect we've seen recently, yada, yada, yada. But then want to go and compare him to a Hawkinson, to a Noah Fant, to a David and Joku, where if he's this good and he really is that much better than every other tight end, isn't it counterintuitive to compare him to tight ends who aren't he's going to play a different role than those tight ends like a Hawkinson if he's going to actually be a wide receiver why not try to get the positional advantage and obviously he probably won't be a wide receiver and he won't be used how we all want him to be used 
But the upside that is present if he does play an Evan Ingram plus type of role, I think the positional advantage, getting him at like the 110, 111, which is realistically where you can land him in 910 in premium leagues, uh, I think that's a big advantage. I do him at the 105, knowing that I probably don't have to spend that type of capital to grab him either. You probably will have to spend that to get him, if I had to guess, to be honest. Um, I mean, I, I have him at like one point. I think I have him like after the three like three wide receivers or so. Like after Chase and Rashad Bateman and maybe more, I think, is where I have him. I think the way that I think about it is this. Like, I don't think Kyle Pitts will lose value year one. It's just that because of like how how much of a volume trader I am, like I'm trying to like realize gains between like now and next year. And the amount of gains that I can realize between now and next year and the year there and the year after using like constantly flipping like either wide receivers or running backs, I think is just too high for me to invest in a tight end because I, I i drafted tj hawkinson really high i thought he was really good i drafted noah fan really high i thought they're really good and do i regret those trades from the perspective of losing value no because i haven't lost value on them they're still good players and they've increased in value since i've drafted them but like the amount of time i had to hold on to them while like i saw people flipping aj browns dk metcalfs like miles sanders like all these other guys that is what like kind of gives me heartburn is like yeah, like he's 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 to me he's the he's one of the best prospects I've ever seen, and yeah, he is probably like you know if you had to line him at wide receiver, he'd be like wide receiver too. But I'm just I don't I don't know like how the NFL is gonna adopt him. I don't know what team's gonna go to. Like you know what happens to the fucking Lions draft him again for whatever reason? And then he's <laughs> stuck on the Lions. Like it's just there's too many like too many question marks, and you you really gotta be on a team that really focuses and like features the tight end, right? Like a Oakland Raiders for example, and Darren Waller's there, so. I just I just don't like waiting that long to see returns basically. But if you want to just grab them and wait, like worst case scenario, you have like probably a good chance of hitting a really elite tight end in two to three years. It's not that bad. Who is the Dogecoin of Dynasty? Nick Whalen. <laughs> I think he meant a player, but Oh, sorry. But also Nick like Whalen. how do you figure? Like Dogecoin, I feel like, you know, he, Nick Whalen fraud. Going, he ain't going to the moon. Dogecoin. Oh, Dogecoin's okay. a fraud. Yeah. How do you figure? I thought it was a good investment. I put most of my the, my capital into it. <laughs> put you, you, you on that, Mike? Did, did you really? <laughs> no, of course not. Oh, okay, yeah. And it's like, dude, the, the the coin itself is like, I mean, it's a it's a meme coin, right? Like you're trading on memes right now. The developers. Wait, what is what is the actual like asset behind a Dogecoin other than the meme? Oh. Oh, Dogecoin, like originally, uh, like back in the day, like it was designed to be like a really fast transaction crypto because like Bitcoin's like a lot slower and stuff like that. So that's what Dogecoin's supposed to do. But like, you know, that was a while ago. Like the founders are gone. Like they haven't like developed on it in like forever. It's not been improved upon. It's just like it's got like a cool meme and in this like meme investment like role that people are playing. Uh, I think people are just like catch on the high hype and like you, you can definitely make money in the interim if, if you want. But like if you're like, if you're the last guy holding on to it, you're gonna be you're gonna be fucked. Yeah, just like every fucking stonk. Uh, Noah, I heard you uh, invested into your first stonks the other day. Yeah, uh, I'm in the red pretty deep. It was only fifteen bucks. I didn't know what I was doing. I went into the Walmart. I'm in the red. How, how deep in the red could you be? <laughs> Less than fifteen bucks. I went into the Walmart <laughs> bets uh, Discord and I saw the first ticker that they posted. I invested into it, and right when I invested, it tanked. So I figured well, well, uh, the stock well, market well, isn't for me. Here. What ticker? I don't even fucking know. SNDL, I think. They said it was going to the moon, and they lied to me. <laughs> it's been going to the moon for the last three weeks. You you got on the ship as everyone yeah. offboarded. <laughs> you're supposed to buy the uh, buy the peak, sell the dip. I was completely wrong on that. But... <laughs> you're so stupid. 
<laughs> it's okay, right. dude. We got we got NBA Top Shot portfolios also tanking, so all things are looking good for us. Is NBA for Top sure. Shot tanking? Twenty bucks off Cole Anthony, though. Yeah, yeah. NBA Top Shots right now is a tough scene because every day there's just like more sellers and buyers because I think we got to get to a place where like it's like more normalized where people understand like where the value is and the value is in like Series Ones and rookies and stuff like that. We're just not there yet. Um, it's just I'm everyone's pretty... just trying to capitalize on the on the wildly quick and it, it's the same thing with you're you're seeing with like Clubhouse. Like Clubhouse is uh, it's it's a cool oh, app well, right now, but people are a lot jumping. of scammers. People are yeah, people are jumping onto it as if like that's going to be the thing that grows their business like it's youtube or or it's something like yeah. that it's just because it's a new thing and i understand that like i think it's what you have to do when you're a little bit out of it but like when you're investing your money into these things it's uh it's very different okay which players do you all think can be the next antonio gibson this year i think it could be jermar jefferson but could be wrong there's the uh, underworld no, dudes yeah. are like really 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 high on jermar jefferson yeah, he's, I I mean, he's got a size. Anytime a prospect has the same initial first and last name, you just jump in. Like <laughs> Jerry Judy, you just got to go all in. I don't Judy, see Jefferson and Julio. Yeah, it's actually yeah. worked out pretty Look, well. I, I like. Uh, I mean, I like Jamar Jefferson the way that I liked, you know, like Tony Pollard, right? Um, like, you think he could be a decent like backup, right? He could be a decent committee role player. I don't. I don't see the athleticism that Antonio Gibson uh, that Antonio Gibson had, though. I mean, he's not on that type of level and i'm not just saying that revisionist history if you go back to like nick uh noah or, or our videos from like february last year like we were big on antonio gibson before the before the combine and i think i think what's happening here is look this this running back class fucking stinks that there's no way around that it is going to be so awful. heavily weighted onto like the draft capital and the landing spots for these yeah for the, it, all the it, it's awful it's going to be like 2019 when people are reaching up in the in the late first, early second for fucking Devin Singletary. And you just don't want to be in that position. I'm just going to be drafting wide receivers like from basically picks like 1.08 to like 2.10. I have zero running backs uh, ranked in that range. So all the guys drafting Tevin Coleman 2.0 and Truba Hubbard, you know, Jamar Jefferson, like all these guys. I'm just I just don't have any interest. Yeah, I think if there were to be an Antonio Gibson this year, it doesn't even have to be a running back. I think a receiver, Tamari and Terry. Nice, I like that. He's he's a little bit lower in my rankings just because I feel like the team didn't use him correctly. Oh, let me kind get of like how Memphis didn't use him correctly also, either. Also, dude, like 2020, I was diving into Terry. He he came into the year with like a bad knee injury, and after three or four mm -hmm. games, he had to get surgery on it. So like most of the counting stats can be thrown right out the fucking window. If you go back to 2019, like he was, I mean, he was a fucking boss. Like I, I yeah. think people are overreacting. They're like, oh, his hips aren't fucking agile. I'm like, dude, he's just a baller on the outside. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Oh, I was a super big fan of Tamar and Terry. I think I had him in my, my top 10, maybe even, maybe even higher. I think, uh, you know, someone told me on, on the inside, told me there was some like character, pretty big character issues there. Uh, not like beat your beat your girlfriend type of character <laughs> issues, but like la but like lazy, um, like like lazy. Yeah, the ones that the NFL terms. cares about being lazy, not beating your girlfriend. Yeah, yeah like, <laughs> yeah. like Josh Gordon-esque, you know, but like the man, the physical talent is insane. So depending on where he goes, like I don't think I'm going to spend like a mid second on him. But if he's like there on the late second, early third, I think that's a pretty smash pick for me. He'll end up dropping in the NFL draft, I think, because those concerns will probably be somewhere in like the fourth round to sixth round. And then that that's yeah. moving down nice draft. But if you're taking flyers third, fourth round, I mean, he's, he's yeah. exactly what you're looking for. Yep, exactly. Did Noah steal Nick's glasses? No, are those uh, blue light? 
They are. Mike thought they were Felix Grays, but they're actually eight dollars <laughs> from Amazon, and they came in a two pack, so they're about four dollars. So <laughs> it still hurts when I wear them. They're actually. I was about to say they're not actually probably blocking blue light. For you. No, <laughs> uh, we did get we did get a uh, a little sponsorship deal with Felix Gray. So when oh, we nice. drop it, yeah, when we. I have to do a video for them this month. So when we drop it, I'll, I'll grab you a pair of Felix Grays and we can, we can actually get you looking like me. When I was in, uh, when I was in banking, like there was a period where like everybody got Felix Grays because our, our firm was expensing them and everybody fucking wore Felix Grays. And it was the most absurd thing ever. I fucking hated it. That's funny as hell. Yeah, I'd be so pissed. <laughs> like I love Felix Gray. Like I really, really think they're effective. But like once everybody starts getting onto it, now, like, we all look like fucking nerds. How to not be a shitty new dynasty commissioner. Well, oh. one thing, make sure you do your research before you get in and, and know what you don't just jump in and then start changing the settings fucking left and right yeah. as in the first weekend of being a commissioner. So I would I would do your research. What else you got there, Mike? Right. Right. Bylaws, man. That's uh, I mean, the, the the most annoying thing is you go into a league like I'm, I'm in leagues with like Nick and stuff and it's fine because we all know each other. But like if you're joining like a league with a bunch of strangers, like people are going to disagree on shit. You're not going to count for everything. Right. But as long as you have it written down in the bylaws and people you have something to point to and say, look, you guys fucking agreed to it. If you didn't read it, it's not my problem. That's like that'll settle like probably 95 percent of your problems if you just draft in the bylaws. And if you want a sample, just hop into the discord. I have my sample bylaws in there for that we use that Noah and I use for the BBB Listener League. So just take that, tailor it to whatever you want to do. Um, and then the other part is just like, you know, like stay active, man. Like I try to, in my as a commissioner, I try to like send out like trades. I try to kick off like the the, the trade avalanche. And once like, once one person makes a trade, you'll kind of start seeing other people hopping on and stuff like that. So that's kind of how you, how you kind of get active. And then if you're, if you're someone that's like trying to like start one like fresh yourself, like as your first one, I would like just ask a couple questions, you know, when when you're recruiting league mates, don't just take anyone because uh, if you have like a bunch of shitty league mates, it's not going to be fun for you. Ask them. I usually ask like, hey, how many leagues are you in? Are you new to Dynasty? Um, and this doesn't preclude them from joining the league. But like if someone's like, yeah, I'm in 50 leagues, I'm like, ah, it's probably like not for you. Right. Because we're like a bunch of new timers. and We want to like stay active. So just like do your due diligence on the front end for uh, recruiting guys so that because once they join and pay up, you can't really do much about it. Yeah, I would say just don't veto trades unless Scott is in your league and then veto all of his trades. <laughs> That'll just keep the league together for a long time. Yeah, just make sure just understand that going into it, like it's it's exciting up front and there's a lot of uh, energy when the shit gets started. But over the long term, as soon as teams start you know, doing shitty, there's going to be turnover. So I would try to set something up in the beginning where it's preventative um, to stuff like that happening, whether it's like, you know, paying with something that we always do is pay half of next year on the first buy-in. So if the buy-in for the league is a hundred, make sure you pay, everyone has to pay 150, which is 50 for next year, which incentivizes them obviously to come back. We also do in some of the leagues, it's like, you're not allowed to pay for future or you're not allowed to trade for, or, you know, two future picks uh, unless you're, paid in for that year because obviously you know you're paying for one year trade picks in 2024 and then before you know like you want to bounce after um you want to bounce after the year and that kind of fucks up the entire league yeah, yeah also you can try like a rolling pot so what we do in bbb and what i've done across my leagues is i'll, I'll be like you know 10 percent, 20 percent of the pot goes into a rolling pot and the first person to win three times uh in the league gets that pot so that's like a built-in mechanism people that want to stay let's see save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get 16 ounce packs of flavorful angus 90 lean ground sirloin for 4.99 each with a digital coupon then buy two get two free on 12 packs of delicious coca-cola pepsi or 7-up all with your card shop these deals at your local kroger less than five miles away or tap the screen now to download the kroger app to save big today kroger fresh for everyone 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What are your guys' thoughts on Zeke? Michael asks, I, am I keeping Zeke? Um, yeah, I, you're not really selling him. I mean, you're not going to get like, <laughs> you're probably not going to get like a mid-round first for him these days. Like people hate on him too much. Like Dak's coming, hopefully Dak's coming back unless Jerry World fucks that up, which he might. But I mean, I don't think this is a good, a good time to sell unless you're still, unless you're still getting like literally name value for Zeke. You know, if you're getting like, you know, these are guys that I would rather have. I'd rather have like maybe an Antonio Gibson, you know, DeAndre Swift, obviously, you know. J.K. Dobbins, like Cam Akers. If you can get a couple of those guys for him, sure. But don't go trading him for like... I've seen people ask me, like, should I trade Zeke for like the 1.10? I'm like, nah, don't do that. That doesn't... Yeah, what you can get for him is 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 lower than the practical use you'll have for him on your fantasy team for the next like year or two. So, that, I mean, his production is going to be... You know, it, it maybe it's not the same Zeke, but it'll still give you low-end RB1 production. And that's tough to find in just like late round of the rookie drafts or just some, you know wide receiver too and you always want the value of running back over wide receiver of all things equal in terms of like rankings yeah he's like the julio jones of running backs where the value you're going to get in return isn't going to equal the value of the production he's going to give you for these next few years even if he does look washed i mean you don't have to be great to produce in that dallas cowboys offense he's catching like eight passes for 30 yards when Dak was there if that happens again this season early on i'm assuming they're keeping everybody around because i think you can write a lot off a lot of the the struggles in that offense to their offensive line and the fact that Dak got hurt I think they're going to revert to at least like 80% of what they were last year. And he was basically a top four or five running back over that span when Dak was on the field. Sell the house for Zeke. Sell it all. <laughs> here first. What else we got here? I'm having so much trouble with Ecamm Live is just crazy with the number of fucking tabs it has open all the time. And if you don't close them before you start doing something, it's like all hell broke loose. You're fucked. <laughs> There's no coming back from that. I see somebody talking about Amon Ross St. Brown. Is he the same guy that was saying he's the next Terry McLaurin or the next Jerry Rice or something? There's somebody in the Discord going crazy about him. Amon Ross, severely underrated in my opinion. Dude's a baller and will value in your rookie draft seeing where he's going. Um, So, yeah, I mean, my my initial Amon Ross St. Brown take was like, I'm not in love with him. I get like the analytics like him. I thought when he went to play on the outside this year, his junior year, he struggled a little bit. I think uh, my comp for him was Jameson Crowder, where I think that he can he can be the focal point of an offense if that offense like doesn't actually have a focal point of their passing game. Like he's good enough to do that. Uh, otherwise, I think he's he's kind of a slot receiver where I think his upside is a little bit capped. For me, he reminds me a little bit of Jarvis Landry because he is a little bit of a bigger body type of guy who can win after the catch and he can win at the catch point. But as you said, I don't see him ever being a wide receiver one unless he was thrown into like the Baltimore Ravens offense where I could be the wide receiver one. So I don't think he's ever going to challenge top 12, top 24 wide receiver type of upside. But it could be one of those guys that like on a point per game basis is a top 36 guy and you can have some faith putting him in your flex spot. But again, he's He's a little bit capped, but what does give me hope is he's the originator of those Just Bombs productions, the coldest wide receiver you've <laughs> never heard about coming out of high school, even though he's the number one prospect, like I have heard of him. But uh, that that does give me a little bit of hope that some people knew about his name in high school. Yeah, I mean, analytically, he's, he's all right. He's not like, he's not fantastic. He's not, he's no Deami Brown, in my opinion. I mean, he's like a poor, poor, poor man's Juju Smith-Schuster is how I would describe him. Yeah. He, uh, he broke out really, really early, no? Yeah, he broke out really early, but he just never really peaked. Like the, the like as he went along, like his age adjusted, just doesn't look as good as like some of the better guys. Yeah, that's the way I felt too. Like I, I don't know. He he looked good early on, and then never progressed to be like oh an elite prospect because he got better and better and better. 
Ben asks, who do you guys think is the best shot in the dark at running back next year? For example, Rashad Penny, because Chris Carson may be gone. Uh, I mean, like, that that's the kind of stuff you got to look at, like what free agent running backs are in the market. You know, Aaron Jones might be gone. Chris Carson might be gone. Um, Kenyon Drake might be gone. James Conner. So I think, like, you know, you, you look at those. Like, even a guy that I like last year, Anthony McFarlane, I think he'll get more run this year, obviously. I, I, I think they're... I think they like Benny Snell and, and Anthony McFarlane. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of ran that duo back there. But there are a lot of uh, free agent spots opening up because starters are are leaving in free agency this year. Yeah, it's not a sexy pick, but Damian Harris, he's a little bit more expensive than the guys that you just named. But Burkhead and James White are both free agents. James White is like written in stone to go to Tampa Bay because he wants another ring. Rex Burkhead, even if he does come back, is probably already on the IR. So I don't think he's going to be a three down back, but I definitely think he's better than Sony Michelle. That offense does suck, but I can see them easily picking up a quarterback either in the draft or through free agency. Um, definitely not Cam Newton. That offense just can't get much worse than it was last year, and he looked pretty good when he was out there. So if you can stay healthy for a full 16, I don't see how his value can tank from where it is right now. I think Chase Edmonds is a good one. I was one. just going to say that. I, yeah, I don't think Kenyon Drake's going to be around. And you know, I don't think Chase Edmonds is like a starting workhorse either, but he's pretty efficient with his touches. And he's like that type of guy where I could see him like, going from like scat back role to like committee committee role you know like a like a poor man's austin eckler uh and that's not an insult because austin eckler is fucking awesome so i think i think that's what chase edmonds could be hey scott we're gonna have to ban you if you don't calm yourself down in the, in the comment section all right not everybody can go to the moon not all the trades were good for both sides stop asking people to send trades you're banned you're fired <laughs> scott asked us when's the top eight quarterback again on the colts okay now we can officially ban him because that's the most egregious things i've ever heard banned uh, how do you see. see how do you see where the questions are? I don't see anything. You probably have Nick to go on comments. YouTube. Uh, yeah, Nick YouTube. opened it up to everybody so you can go on YouTube. Unless wait, uh can you you guys don't see it when I throw the comments on the screen within No, we do, but we don't see them. We don't see all of them. We just see the ones that you throw up oh, okay, whenever okay. you throw them up. Oh, the one on the thing. I see it on the right. Gotcha. Uh, that was the wrong one. Didn't mean to click. haven't seen the three boys on a stream in a while. Good to see it. Yeah, we're gonna try to do uh we're gonna try to do set Q and assault. Put that fucking put that on <laughs> the fucking the gun show. You want to see the gun show? Um yeah, we're gonna try to do a Q and assault every Saturday. Um I will probably lead them and if if they can jump in, they don't have to be here every time, but we'll we'll try to make it more dynasty focused. I honestly didn't think I would be in tune with the rookies enough to be able to run the stream by myself, but I've been putting the fucking work. So Mike, don't need you, buddy. You're out. Go walk that dog. All right. All right, peace. <laughs> uh, most underrated second-year prospect, Andy Moss asks. This is such a good year because there's so many. This is a good year to buy second-year prospects because so many of them blew up that you don't think of. Yeah. You know, I think the hot name out there right now is Denzel Mims, and I think that's a fantastic one. He'll, he'll get a new quarterback. He's still obviously super athletic. He dealt with injuries most of the year, so I, I kind of want to write off the raw stats that he put up. So Denzel Mims, uh, in terms of the running backs, man, I think the good ones broke out, and you can't really buy them at this point. Yeah, I'll also say Jerry Judy, too. He quietly had like 850 yards, and I know that's kind of a disappointment as to where you thought he was going to go, but the list of rookie wide receivers who have done that since, I think, 2010. All right, I have the tweet up here. 21-year-old receivers to top 850 receiving yards since 2000. Justin Jefferson, Keenan Allen, Juju, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Watkins, Mike Evans, T. Higgins, and Judy. So it's a pretty short list, and the fact that he did hit that <laughs> while playing with fucking Kendall Hinton, Drew Locke, I think Brandon Allen. I don't but even he know. Also, who he also did it without Cortland Sutton, and Noah Fant was banged up for a lot of the year too. It's going to be. Yeah. It's it's weird that that situation. I don't know if you could really buy Judy though, because if you think about it, going back to rookie drafts last year, people who liked Judy were the ones that were taking him above 
you know, the the Ragers, the Jeffersons, like their preferred players. So you know that they and you could obviously make the case for for any anyone drafting anybody realistically. But I feel like Judy was a guy that like a lot of people loved. You know, he was like the wide receiver one for a lot of people. So it might be a tough one to uh, to end up like grabbing mm-hmm. in a trade. But if you believe in, you know, the Denver offense getting better, uh, I think Jerry Judy put up a solid enough rookie year where like you could definitely make the case as a buy. Yeah, the people hate the people that hate on Jerry Judy are, are the ones that don't have him. So what you see on Twitter is probably like a misrepresented way of what what his price is. Like you'd probably have to pay, I would say, like a late first for him, um, which is fine. I mean, if you're a Judy believer, I think. But like personally, I think like when you say underrated, I mean, I think all the young rookie wide receivers that perform really well are still underrated, even though they're more expensive, right? Like IU Claypool, um, like Higgins. Like I'm always down to like pay up for these guys because first year production is quite sticky um for young talented rookie wide receivers um but yeah nick you're right like running backs are like not really attainable anymore um you know for a while i've been saying like hey buy high on cam makers buy high on cam makers and, and now like it's gotten to the point where like you can't really buy much higher so i agree it's it's uh it's a tough scene for the for the rookie running backs you don't want to buy underperforming ones like if someone fell on their face year one as a running back chances are they're they're just not coming back from that so you don't want to try and go all in on the zach mosses of the world for example what about Joshua Kelly? He had one game with like 30 carries for 60 <laughs> I love that. Pretty you know how many guys in this draft class I've compared to like Josh Kelly? I'm like, yeah, they're like <laughs> there's so many. They're like fat and they don't do anything well, but like you could put them on the field and they won't die. They won't like pass away. You know, like they'll be good enough to do that. I'm like, yeah, he's like this year's Josh Kelly. The year before that's yeah. Mike Davis. And I'm just like, fuck. That's like everyone yeah. in this draft class. There's a lot of Jags. Let's see. Is it too reckless to have high draft capital invested in the 2022 draft? I am not nope. that educated in those upcoming prospects. Uh, I don't play any Debbie. Uh, sounds nope. like Mike, Mike kind of knows what's going on. No, I mean, it's not 2022 class, not going to be as good as 2020 and, you know, maybe not as good as 2021, but it's still got a lot of studs, right? You got like Spencer Rattler, you got um, Sam Howell, which we talked about from North Carolina on the running back running side. You got, out, right? you got Isaiah Spiller, you got Brees Hall, you got really good wide receivers and David Bell, George Pickens, uh, Traylon Burks. So Those like it's never, it's, it's never a bad idea to have high capital because at, at, the, at a bare minimum, like, even even if they're not as good as this year, you'll always be able to flip them for great assets. Like the rookie, the rookie hype machine never never fails. So it's never a bad idea to have high capital as long as you're not like I'm a hundred percent going to use these picks to draft rookies, right? You got to stay flexible. Um, but those values will go up, man. As as people start learning more about the David Bells and the George Pickens, AJ Green parallel starts getting drawn, like the Spencer Rattler, Kyler Murray parallel start getting drawn, like you're going to get a ton of hype. So I wouldn't be too concerned. Do you think it's also changed the outlook on these prospects going back for their senior year because of what happened with COVID? Like not many guys that were notable are going back their senior year. Other than Chris Olave, I don't think I can name another player that's going back their senior year that we expected to come out as juniors. That's wild. Yeah. It's like going into last year, the, the rookie class was so strong from like a, a dynasty fantasy perspective. And so many guys went back to school. Like just imagine yeah. how yeah. fucking stacked that class would have been if. Yeah, we could have had Najee and Etienne. <laughs> yeah, like just, just Tyler Wallace too. Oh, yeah, yeah. And no, Tyler Wallace. Ryan. Dude, I like Tylen Wallace a lot. I got him up at like my wide receiver. He might move down a little bit, but like I, I think I have him up at wide receiver six. He's like my next yeah, guy. That's where I got him too. I actually like Tylen. I mean, the reason why he went back, you can kind of see it, right? He had an injury and he wanted to go back and like prove his prove his worth. And when he went back, he freaking smashed. Like that's what you want to see. It's kind of, kind of reminds me of like uh, Denzel Mims. We talked about him last year, where yeah, he went back for his senior year, but we learned that he broke his hand in his junior year, so he wanted to go back and actually do his thing. And you know, ideally, do I want that? No, but like if it does happen, I want to see like a legit reason. So like I think Justin Ro- Justin Ross is like a great example of that too. Like you know, would have loved for him to come out this year, but he had freaking career ending potential 
uh, injury. So it's good to see him go back. And if he dominates, like I'm going to be a big fan of him again. Uh, DK Qua says, fuck Drew Locke. I guess it's a handshake. Uh, tripping with Jesse. Should I just cut Bell any point trying to get something for him? I mean, if you can get something for him, great. Otherwise, like I'm not going to tell you to hold on to Bell. He became like the third pretty running pretty in your league, try to trade to him so we can stack him with Patrick Mahomes. And he'll love that. I love that. We can, ha- we, can have like a, we can have like a big dogs community, like which guys to attack and trades and shit. Because everybody, it's like, we're all, it's like incest. We're all in the fucking same league together. We know how people operate. Uh, Sean McNabb, what is the community not seeing in Tamari on Terry? Uh, we talked about Terry probably 20 minutes ago, so just like run back through the live stream um, and find it in there for a little bit. What quarterback do you think will break out this year like Lamar and Allen have done the last few years? I think the easy, easy answer would probably be Jalen Hurts if Wentz is moved. I mean, Hurts is just going to be a dominant fantasy quarterback, even if he's not a good quarterback. The the rushing numbers are going to give him a floor of 20 fantasy points per game. Pretty much. The guy was running like 12 times a game for like 80 yeah. yards plus. Yeah, either Hurts or one of the one of the rookie guys that really like, like Trey Lance if he, gets a, if he gets a starting gig. Yeah, I'm the same, but it's kind of hard because I feel like you could see that Josh Allen's on the precipice of breaking out, looking at how he how he improved from year one to year two. And then I know Mike, you were a little bit lower and I was a little bit higher, but I just felt like his numbers were leaning towards him improving. Then the fact that they added a Stefan Diggs and they had these other guys like John Brown and Cole Beasley helped a lot. And right now it's too early in the offseason to see teams making those type of moves to surround quarterbacks with pieces that could help them in the future. Like if Philly adds wide receivers and Carson Wentz is gone, I think it's going to be really easy to see that Jalen Hurts is yeah. going to be that next guy in line. Yeah, the key thing there is I think we all underrated what uh, Buffalo front office was doing. I mean, they did a fucking fantastic job, like adding adding Stephon Diggs, adding John Brown, adding Cole Beasley, like building around Josh Allen. So we like said I'm, that I'm, though, like all offseason and even the offseason before that, I remember being like, oh, they're doing such a, like, yeah, yeah. like, I think Josh Allen stinks, but they're doing such a good job building around him. And never yeah. the, the idea never crossed our mind, like maybe it's going to work, you know, like, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm going to be paying lots of focus to like OCs, coordinators, coaching um, and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Emiliano Rosales asks, if I'm in Mexico, can I buy the Dynasty Draft Guide? Yes, you can. It will just basically be uh, it'll be an online thing. So as long as you have access to the Internet, which you do because you are yelling at us on Q and Assault, you'll be able to get it. Uh, that's going to go up for pre-order probably within the next week, uh, seven to 10 days, I would estimate. Who has the highest floor in the 2021 class for wide receiver? Uh, I, I would say the highest floor would probably be Jamar Chase or Bateman. Yeah, Jamar Chase mm-hmm. or Bateman. Both going to get like, well, J- Chase is going to have the guaranteed draft capital. He's no matter what, it's going to be kind of thrown into being the wide receiver one on the team that he gets drafted to. So, Yeah, I feel like any wide receiver who's really good at picking up yards after the catch and breaking tackles and does have that draft capital, like a team will try to find a way to get them the ball. Obviously, Nikhil Harry kind of kills that argument, but I feel like if you can work on your own, and the fact that he has played and dominated in the SEC, it's kind of the cop-out, but also the easiest answer to say uh, he's the safest guy. Let's see. Who is draftable from the Steelers, new offense coordinator and all? Uh, it's going to depend on the quarterback situation, but I, I mean, obviously, Claypool and Deontay Johnson are they actually might be like the only ones you really want to invest any sort of real capital in. The more I, the more I think about Claypool, the more I really like him. Like when the offseason mm-hmm. first started, I was like, I, I'm still taking Deontay Johnson over Claypool 10 out of 10 times, but I, I think I would split the odds. I still really do like Deontay Johnson, but I, I'm getting much, much higher on Claypool. Yeah, I'm, I'm higher on Claypool than I am Johnson. The, the Not concerned, but the thing about Johnson for me is he was given so many opportunities last year and he wasn't efficient. That's probably worked out in the numbers because he was given so many opportunities. He is good after the catch, but 
I just think what Claypool showed, the fact that he does have that frame and that athleticism, and he was kind of used pretty sparingly throughout the season. I do think he has kind of untapped potential despite finishing as what, like a top 15 receiver last year. So, uh, wasn't, was he top 15? I thought he was like top 20 or something like that. Something like that. Top 15, top 20. He had like a four touchdown. He was pretty good. Yeah. Either way, it was really good. Logan Thomas be good for the next three years. I like Logan Thomas, man. I think he's like a really, really solid low-end tight end one that you can get super late in dying. People are going to be like, oh, he's so old, but he's like really not that old, and he's already proven that he can get it done on football field. So I don't want to say he's like this year's Darren Waller, but like in the same theory, you know, people just writing him off because he's old. Oh, they're going to add more weapons, but he's already kind of proven that he can be good. Like I'm, I'm fine with that. And, you know, he's someone that's going to put you up some kind of floor at the tight end position, which is wildly underrated. Yeah, both he and Hayden Hurst are going round 13 or 14 in the mock drafts we've been doing. I feel like that's just great value because last year Hayden Hurst was going at or around TJ Hawkinson value. And I think we all could kind of see that he was going to drop more than Hawkinson would. But he also didn't have like a terrible season. What rookie prospect will be the most overdrafted? Uh, we'll kind of have to look at the ADP and see where that settles at. My first instinct would be Chuba Hubbard, but it doesn't really. It looks like most people are kind of caught on to the fact that he's not actually that great of a running back. and He's going like mid to later second round so i i think he will probably be one of the more overdrafted ones i think like the first round of rookie drafts this year is just really solid like there are not a lot of uh players that you could take that you're going to miss on i think maybe javante williams just because i'd prefer receivers ahead of him and he'll probably go 104 105 to a team that is desperate at running back hoping that it's going to be the 2020 class where i think we talked about it in, over text this past week like if we were to rank these guys in the 2020 class or just comparing them to the receivers those other prospects are just so much safer than a guy who realistically might have the best comp of like a Zach Moss type, maybe a little bit faster, but um, if the draft capital isn't there, I'm not going to burn a high first round pick on a guy like Javante. Good job, Mike. Love that. I agree with what you guys said. Love that for you. Scott is um, so disrespectful. We still feel Rager as 2021 DJ Chark. I thought you were out of here, Scott. I thought you were no longer allowed to type. He comes in and out. And the only time he's out is actually when he pulls up his burner. I think Sam Sam Van Cleve is his burner. <laughs> uh, how are we feeling about Troutman? Feel like he can break out this year? I mean, I feel like this just goes to show, like, okay, every year there's, like, one tight end in the class where everyone gets wildly high on and says it's the best tight end prospect of the last five years. You know, it's this year is Pitt, last year is Hawkinson. And, you know, there's just guys like that. And then there's always, like, the guys that are like, oh, it's great value in the second or third round. I almost will never take tight ends in the second or third round because they're just not as good as the first round tight ends. And they also still take really, really long to develop. So I don't know. Troutman, can he, can he break out? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Cause Jared Cook's going to be gone, but we also don't know, you know, is it going to be Taysom Hill? I, I'd feel a lot more comfortable if Jameis Winston is under center uh, for a guy like Troutman. Yeah. Same. yeah I think I he's mean, got a shot though. Yeah, for I sure. Think he's he's going to be a popular breakout candidate. I think the best rookie tight end this year was like Albert Okuabunam on a per game basis, and he's not even good. So I think the 2020 class in terms of tight end talent is kind of in the dumpster. There's probably a guy why five years he, on Why isn't he good? He's like an elite fucking athlete in every sense. I mean, he caught a touchdown against the Chargers in that game that they lost at the end. So I'm just going to wipe everything he did. <laughs> Fair. So, <laughs> But he's also a guy who was like our tight end 15, and then we saw his 40, and he became the tight end two, which says a whole lot about how bad the tight end class was and mike loved hunter bryant and then we saw him at the combine try to like military press a blocking yeah. thing and we're like yeah this guy fucking he kind of looks like a crackhead <laughs> and he stinks too so we're not I, I actually him. like harrison bryant though i like I, if i, I were like to bryant. stash someone i would stash harrison bryant um and potentially i'm trying just because like saints they cannot add anyone like that they, what are they like 70 million over the cap it was like, like that. 90 and now breeze <laughs> so it's gonna be like 65 still but it's out of control yeah 
so it's out of control. Like they're not going to add any more new weapons. And you know, we thought Trauma was like pretty good. Uh, but again, like like Nick said, is he going to break out this year? No. Uh, is he going to break out next year? Maybe. Probably still not. Um, but <laughs> you know, no. if probably yeah. also no. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, DK uh, Quas, you all know Scott's trying to sell Rager right now. Yeah, we know. We know he's pumping the market. He's the uh, he's the uh, what was he? What was the hedge fund? Set Capital seventy two or something? Which one, Melvin? Melvin, yeah. Which one Something you know what I'm talking about. I can't like remember the name. Scott is basically the hedge fund of our of the big dogs stock market right now, trying to pump Scott up. Has like Scott. 15 Discord burners just only in the Wall Street bets, making me buy the stock so we can sell them. <laughs> uh, Matt asks Superflex PPR Acres and Rager for the 108 Jonu Smith and a 309. Acres. Absolutely not. Yeah, the Acres side for sure. Yeah, Acres. I wouldn't I'd give up take Acres by himself for all that. 100. Rager yeah. not even like a, a problem in there. I just Acres is the problem by itself. Let's see. Buy Bitcoin. Thank you. Love that. Where were you in 2013, man? Yeah. <laughs> Hindsight's 2020. It's already at a fucking all-time high. What is it at right now? 46? 47? 40, 48, 47. Bump bouncing between 47 and 48, I think. Yeah, it's like 46.9. Yeah, it's a little right bit now. too cheap for my taste. Yeah, I'm waiting for yeah. it to hit 100, and that's when the real fucking ballers get in. <laughs> Buy the peak. Uh, let's see. All right. Uh... That'll probably wrap it up. I think uh, I think that was a good a good run for our first time. We will be bike next Saturday. Uh, maybe I, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I need to start doing a couple of mock drafts on and during the week. But I don't know when I have fucking time for him. Buy reef. Shut up, Scott. You're done. You're you're actually fired. All right. Um, okay, that's it. Yeah. So make sure you are following these two. Obviously, they're doing a bunch of dynasty content over on the Bunk Bed Breakdowns YouTube channel. When we do eventually close these things off to the Patreons, make sure you're signed up if you want to jump in and ask us your dynasty questions. Patreon.com forward slash BDGE. All this shit will be linked in the description. Scott, I mean, uh, Yannick, what is your question? You guys, uh, uh, not one of my questions gets answered. What are your questions? <laughs> I feel like you haven't. It's probably like, are you going to lick my butthole? Like, I'm not going to answer that question live on air. Winston or Hill will be to be the Saints quarterback. I think it's going to be Hill. I really do. Yeah, I think actually, I think the reason Troutman won't break out is because Taysom Hill's going to play tight end this year. All I know is if it's Taysom Hill's quarterback. Yannick probably has Winston. He's trying to sell him off of this comment. There's there's always bad intent behind these live stream comments. I don't like it. It's a lot of negative energy. A lot of personal selfish energy out here. Let's see. Yannick, that was your only one. And you didn't get an answer. You didn't get a real answer. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're out of here. Thank you all. Hit the thumbs up if you enjoyed. Subscribe to the channel. If you're new, we're doing Dynasty shit pretty much all off season. Later. Peace. Peace. Save big on Brunch for Mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.